I'm here today with my dad for a very special Father's Day episode. We are wearing our matching University of Minnesota dad shirts, even though I'm not a University of Minnesota dad. Happy Father's Day! Thank you, sweetie. (laughs) So, uh, how's this Father's Day uh, paired up to other Father's Days in the past? Well, it's um, it's good and bad. Of course, I have you here with me, which is so wonderful. it's perfect. Uh, but my son <laughs> is hundreds of miles away, uh, <laughs> uh, so you know it uh, it could be it could be a little bit better. But otherwise, it's going wonderfully so far. It's a nice, beautiful, sunny day. It is very nice out here in Danbury, Connecticut. Yes. So all is good on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Yes, even though this will not be posted on Father's Day, but happy belated Father's Day to everyone else out there. Just for the sake of conversation and the flow of clarity and everything like that, we will just be referring to my older brother as Kenny, just because that is so much easier for us to say than brother and son. So... Without further ado, I'm Rachel Greenstein here with my dad, Barry Greenstein, for a very special Father's Day episode of Sporty Spice. Welcome. I'm very glad to have you. Thank you, sweetie. I'm happy to be here. All right, so let's just uh, jump right into it. So growing up in Brooklyn, how did uh, sports kind of impact your childhood? I know you played a lot of street hockey growing up and some uh, baseball in the street, too. Uh, Not baseball. So we played um, stickball. Um, which is a little bit of a different variation. Played, How so? So the way we've generally played, so you see sometimes um, some people play stickball in the street, and if you hit it a certain number of like manhole covers, then that counts for different things. My friends, we typically played stickball in the schoolyard against the wall, so we had a strike zone painted on the wall. Um, one person would be the batter, one person would be the pitcher. Sometimes you play two on two where there's also an outfielder. Um, and uh, there are various rules for like how you hit it and if it's a single, a double, or a home run, or an out, or whatever. Okay. All right, so I did that. <laughs> um, played a little bit of, of, of street hockey, not that much, a little bit of roller hockey. Um, uh, we played actually a game, constantly we played punch ball when I was little which is basically like baseball, but instead of pitching, you use like a, um, like a, a sponge ball or a Spaldine or whatever, and instead of pitching, you hold it in your hand, you throw it up, and you punch the ball, and that's how you hit the ball, and it's otherwise, it's like baseball. It's like Donkey Kong from uh, Mario Baseball. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. How like, when he did that, he would just wear like a boxing glove and just, bah! That's exactly right, except there was no, there was no pitcher in punch ball. So and you, it's not a giant monkey. That's right. <laughs> Um, and we and I actually played a lot of schoolyard football. That I knew. That I for sure knew. Um, I know that you didn't quite pull a Kenny and break your break your wrist while playing, but um, I'm sure there were some casualties. Yeah. So um, when I was a kid, there were surprisingly few casualties considering <laughs> the amount of football we played. It wasn't until I got old and frail, I guess, that I started. Uh, Injuring myself. Wait, how old are you? Are you considering old and frail in this context? I, I, I was actually a very young man in the scheme of things, and actually not even that old for athletes. Um, so my football career ended actually when you were an infant, um, and the story is that I was playing in this football league in Central Park, New York, and 
Uh, you were just about three months old. Uh, your mom was taking maternity leave, and uh, that was the last day of her maternity leave, and she was going back to work the next day. <laughs> you had to make it a, a special end of maternity leave. Well, didn't and you? so what happened was actually so she she's a doctor, so she would work weekends quite frequently which is perfectly fine, right? I mean, I'm perfectly capable of taking care of my own children, right? right. Except... Oh, you're not like Uncle Barry. You could change a diaper. I changed, <laughs> I changed plenty of diapers. Um, I'm sure she would say I didn't do perhaps as much as she would have liked, but I think I felt like I did my share. Nevertheless, um, as it turns out, that particular weekend... Um, playing football, I broke my hand in five places. Right. You let the beard grow out for, wasn't that like the first time? Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I was still clean shaven back then. Yeah, but then you broke your hand and couldn't shave. No, no, that was my left hand. That happened later. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, 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 okay. I'm confusing breaking <laughs> hand stories. No, no, no. I, when the, the beard had nothing to do with breaking a bone. I found it did. Oh, okay, well. So <laughs> I broke my hand in five places, and I guess for everybody out there who's never tried to you know, diaper a child or anything like that, it is really hard to do with only one hand. In fact, it's virtually impossible yeah, to do. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't see it being very doable with just one hand. Yeah, it's really difficult. And, of course, she um, was going to work on the weekend, mm -hmm. so it was just me. And that was a problem because I couldn't change your diaper. Right. Kenny was too young to help out there. So. He was three years old. <laughs> so thankfully, my sister still lived locally to us. So I had to call my sister to come help me take care of you in particular that from that weekend. With her own infant. <laughs> yes. Her, well, her child was six months old at that point. In time. Right. You were only three months old. Right. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, and that is the last time I ever really played organized football. Right. But you are a professional athlete. I am a professional <laughs> athlete. <laughs> For anyone who couldn't see that, there were major air quotes there. Um, he did get paid once for a paddle tennis, tennis tournament. Uh, how many years ago was that? That was a long time. Yeah, we got to be close to like 10 years at this point. Oh, it's way more than 10. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe it was like 2007 or something like that. I, I think it was, I, I want to guess it was, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe. Really? I thought I was older than that. Uh, but so, yes, yeah, so my, uh, we, it was doubles. So my doubles partner and I won the tournament and cash prize. And my, I, I think the definition of being a professional is if you get paid <laughs> To do something, we got paid to play the sport. That makes me a professional athlete, doesn't I'm not, it? I'm not disagreeing with that. I just think it's a very weak, <laughs> weak definition. Well, how do you define a professional? <laughs> Consistent payment. Consistent payment. Okay. Yes, like that is your career. Well, so what about... Uh, okay, there are people who like, you know, whatever, they're flash in the pan, and they like sort of appear... They have their, like, one game of glory, and then they fade they off into the... disappear. They ride off into the sunset. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, you do have experience with a real pro, uh, Wally, for Team USA. Well, I don't know that he would be deemed a professional. So um, a uh, friend of mine pl uh, played, I don't think he plays anymore, for the 
United States national table tennis team. Um, Crazy colored hair, too. <laughs> it changes constantly. Every time I've seen him, he's had a different hair color. <laughs> um, he's a very good guy. Um, I don't know if he still does that, but I, I don't know that he specifically gets paid to play ping pong. Um, but I know that he has used his ping pong prowess to sort of um, build and enhance his career. How's that? Yes. Yes, he is fun to watch play paddle tennis. Yeah, and he's a good guy, too. Yeah, I can tell. He looks like he has a lot of fun on the courts, and it looks like everyone around him also has a lot of fun with him. Yep. Now, moving on to the main attraction, me. <laughs> um, so, growing up, you know, Kenny and I played pretty much every sport under the sun except for soccer, and I need to know. I figured this was the best time to ask. Was that deliberate? Was that a, a calculated choice to not stand out in the rain? <laughs> so I, I don't want to say it was deliberate in the sense that if you guys wanted to play soccer, we absolutely would have let you play right, soccer right, right. and encouraged it and so on, right? You guys never really showed much inclination. Uh, you, you didn't really, you weren't like drawn to the sport in any way. There was no passion for it. There was no desire to play. And we were perfectly happy with that answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, sure that you guys were thrilled about that because, you know, a lot of my friends played soccer growing up and all their parents had to stand outside in miserable weather. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you played a lot of basketball, um, which was always indoors, yeah, which was and nice. Yeah, you coached once. I coached more than once, I think, didn't well, I? Well, you were head coach once. Is that only once? Okay. I Weren't you like, I think you were assistant coach my first year playing. I don't remember. I don't know, but I just remember I made the all-star team that year. You deserved it. I did deserve it. I got the first point of the season on a That's breakaway. True. <laughs> that is true. I can still picture it. I don't remember where everyone else was, but somehow I ended up with the ball, and no one noticed it. <laughs> so, so for those of you out there who have never coached, you know, third or fourth or whatever grade <laughs> girls basketball, uh, at like just the the town level, right? So. Um, you know, the, the, there are various goals as a coach that you have, right? I mean, really, it's you want to make sure all the girls are having fun and improving their skills and so on. And one of the goals as a coach was always to make sure that at least at some point during the season, everyone on the team scored in a game. You checked that box off for me real quick. That, that was right. Yeah, season. I didn't have to worry about that the whole rest of the season. And I was like, all right, Rachel got her points. <laughs> But, you know, there were, um, it was a challenge for some other members of the team. Um, and, but I, I think I'm fairly sure we accomplished that goal. Yeah, I think so. I do think so. I'm pretty sure every year that I played basketball, everyone scored at least once. I, I remember, like, from my personal goals, like make sure everybody scores, make sure everybody's having fun, make sure they're improving their skill level, right? things like that. I felt like we achieved our goals. Yeah, especially your year as head coach. We didn't necessarily have the most skilled team, but we still made it pretty far in the championships. I think we made it to, I think we got like third place or something, which was crazy considering we were not a skilled team whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think there were other teams that had some players that had higher skill levels. But I think everybody enjoyed themselves, and I think, I think it was very clear that the team really improved as the season progressed. I agree. And that's, you know, that's as much as you could really realistically hope for. Yeah, and you also, I mean, I remember 
there was this one person um, in particular, you probably know who I'm talking about, whose team no one wanted to be on because he was just insane it was it was like fifth grade basketball and he's losing his mind on the sidelines yeah as, so <laughs> as as a coach for youth sports i think that like the temperament of the coach is probably the most important thing so you and kenny actually both were had um so kenny had his friend zach and yeah, I had Zach's little sister, Rachel. Right, so which she was a year old. Made for you. very confusing times on the teams, yeah, considering two Rachel Greens, both of us, yes. <laughs> um, had junior and senior for us because that got way too confusing. <laughs> but so, they, and they were, they had a lot of athletic ability, the kids, yeah. as well as, as parents also. Yeah. And their father was like a great youth coach, fantastic youth coach. Coached me to my first point in, in basketball. And, and but the, the really, and he, he once told me like his trick to, you know, picking a team, right? Because what happens is before the season starts, all the coaches get in a room and you go through and pick the players for your team. And he told me his rules and his number one thing was, first of all, I pick my kids' friends. Right. I want them to have fun. And as it turns out, his son was a really good athlete, and his friends were also good athletes. So as it, as it turns out, by picking his son's friends, he ended up having a, a fairly highly skilled team also. Right. Um, but he had such like the great attitude, and he interacted with the kids in such a way. I thought he was a great youth coach because, yes, everybody wants to win. Winning makes things more fun. But if you're talking about, you're not talking about like the travel teams. You're not right. talking about like, you know, you know, the elite kind of, I'll call it elite, which. basketball. <laughs> yeah, there, there was nobody who was that elite. But nevertheless, like the kids who and want Sue to. Sue Bird is elite. She is the product of Syosset basketball. That's true. But she had to leave Syosset to that get better true. competition. That is also right? true. So, the, but the point is that. You know, there are kids who want a higher level of competition, and that's great, and that's fine. But um, at the, the, the town, the club kind of level, that's not really what it's all about. Right. Um, and it's really just about making sure everybody's having fun and learning the game um, and things like that. And um, so anyway, he, who I thought was a great youth coach, and, um, you know, to some extent, my role model as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Your role model of the same age. Yeah, I mean, I just remember I had a couple of friends who ended up playing for that one coach that no one liked, and they hated it. I mean, they were absolutely miserable. They, I mean, a lot of them considered quitting basketball because yeah, they, yeah, and like, you know, you're like 10 years old. Like, you know, you're not expecting to like make it to the Olympic level. Like, you're just trying to have fun with your friends on weekends. And this guy just made their poor lives living hell. And granted, his daughter was particularly skilled. She was a great basketball player. Um, but, like, there's no reason to make the rest of the kids on the team hate their lives and want to quit the sport because you were just so vicious. I, I, that would always very much upset me. And, you know, when I got to coach with uh, your dear childhood friend, Jordan, Jordan um, Mr. Scatterbrain to the max. Um, uh, Jordan's a good guy. He's great. He's a great guy. Great coach, too. 
I mean, all the kids loved playing for him. I can tell what an impact he had on the community and youth hockey. But, you know, like, the coaches want to have fun during practice too, you know? Like, you're not going to want to, like, play for someone who's not invested in it. So, Rachel, I'll tell you a story. So, many years ago, I used to go to this charity event every year. And it was called the Baseball Assistance Team. I remember that. That's where we met David Wright, isn't it? No, that was Kenny's Little League. Ah, uh, like close enough. <laughs> so, but I used to go to this this charity dinner every year. And uh, the Baseball Assistance Team is a charity which is designed, it's designed to raise money and distribute money to people that were formerly affiliated with baseball that have fallen on hard times. All right, and it's particularly for you know, before the modern era, you know, and players didn't get these multi-million dollar contracts, right? right? And when they were done with it, and it wasn't necessarily all players, right? It could have been a coach. It could have been a groundskeeper. It could have been anybody. Anyone affiliated with baseball in some shape or form. But a lot of it were players, and they never made, like, their millions. And so when their playing careers ended, they have to, you know, live lives just like anybody else. And some of them fell on hard times for various reasons. And this charity was designed to help them out. So anyway... Uh, the charity had various events during the year. One of the big events was this massive fundraising dinner that they would have every year at a hotel in Manhattan. And they would bring in hundreds of former players. And that was part of the attraction, of course. They wanted to get as many people there so they could raise as much money for right. the charity. Right. Right. And so they would bring in all these former players and particularly during the cocktail hour, you would get to mingle with all these former players. And, you know, a lot of it was people would collect autographs and all that kind of stuff. But some of it was just sort of chit-chatting. Right. And I remember, um, so there's actually a uh, fairly famous former pitcher that has a famous surgery named after him, Tommy John. Um, (laughs) And I was chatting with Tommy John. And I said, well, what advice would you give if I have – you know, a 10-year-old kid at home who's, you know, into baseball, what advice would you give? And he just, he said two words to me. Have fun. Have fun. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That is fair. You know, my biggest regret that is nothing to do with me is Grandpa never playing for the MLB. How cool would it have been to have your dad's baseball card? That would have been so cool. Although, Grandpa did give us one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. When he was in the army, and they were learning to throw grenades. Oh, right. And my grandfather was left-handed, and, you know, in the army, everything is very meticulous, and you have to do everything a certain way. So his drill sergeant said something along the lines of, pull the pin with the left hand, throw with the right. And he was just like, oh, this is not going to end well for me. And the drill sergeant's just kind of like, just do it. And the grenade (laughs) lands way too close to them, an alarming distance from them. He's like, yeah, maybe, maybe you should throw with your left hand. Yeah, well, so, yeah, so for, for all your listeners who don't know, my father played baseball at an elite level, right? So he was offered um, Major League Baseball contracts, right? Um, and, in fact, he was, let's just say, supposed to play for the Pirates. And, in fact... He went to spring training, didn't he? He did. And so, and there was... There's actually a picture, I think, of your aunt, Amy, in his old Pittsburgh Pirates baseball cap <laughs> um, when she was a baby. Um, and so 
he played baseball at this elite level, and it, as Rachel pointed out, the sergeant said, you know, pull the pin with your left hand, throw it like a baseball, and his was going, like, you know, <laughs> 20 feet away, and the sergeant was just like, you know, soldier. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> soldier, didn't you ever play baseball? He's like, yes, sergeant. I'm quite good at it. <laughs> yeah, so he said, you, were you any good? Yes, yes, sergeant, I was quite good at baseball. He's like. Played for the all-army baseball team. Uh, softball, yes. Uh, and so he's like, why can't you throw this any further? He's like, Sergeant, can I use my left hand? <laughs> Permission to use my left hand? <laughs> it just goes like straight out of eyesight. <laughs> yeah, that's probably my favorite story from Grandpa. I mean, that was a story that was told a lot of times at the funeral. Because, <laughs> you know, that's everyone's, that's everyone's favorite story along with the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> nobody knows what you're talking about. I know, especially okay. because the people who are just listening, that's just annoying. They can't even see what I'm doing. But anyway, moving back to the more important subject, me. Of course. <laughs> um, and I guess Kenny, too. So growing up, Kenny and I always were very high energy I mean, we weren't diagnosed with ADHD until well into our teen years. Do you think sports provided a pretty good outlet for that energy that we had? I mean, Kenny used to scale the walls of our house. He did. Well, it wasn't the walls. It was the, the door Doorways. Jam. So it, I don't know if anyone can see the visual here, but um, he would go up to the, to the door jam and put one hand on each side and sort of jimmy up to the ceiling. Um, shimmy up did i say jimmy up shimmy up to the ceiling um i think actually and i don't know if this is a boy girl thing a gender thing or what but i felt like the boys kenny in particular but also his friends they would go completely full throttle until there was nothing left in the tank and then they would crash and be exhausted and fall asleep and be done for the day right i felt like the girls didn't quite go full out. They would like put the pedal only halfway down and they would stretch out the day. Um, but I do think, um, I mean, I think youth sports in particular, and, and it doesn't have to be organized sports. It could just be playing at the schoolyard, you know, just amongst your friends, pickup games or whatever. I think they provide so many beneficial aspects to children. I think they teach you how to be a better teammate, I think they teach you how to sort of resolve differences in a, you know. Any setting, really. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 and it's good for, you know, your, your mind, your body, your emotions. I, I think youth sports is, is a great thing. Yeah, and, you know, when Naomi was still my co-host, which, again, every, I say this every podcast I mention her, it sounds like she's dead, but <laughs> she is very much alive and okay. Um, and heading to London. Yeah, yeah, heading to London in September, which is actually why she left, or partially why. But, um, you know, we always talked about, you know, growing up playing sports. I mean, we had huge benefits from it. You know, I don't think that I would be the person I am today if I didn't play sports. It always had a big impact on my life. And, you know, part of it also, I feel like, I don't know if you noticed this when I was little, but I always kind of wanted to do what Kenny was doing. You know, that's normal. Yeah, yeah. He was my older brother. I always wanted to do what he was doing. But yeah, I mean, it taught me a lot of valuable skills that I still carry on today. And, you know, again, I do think it was a good outlet for my energy, too. Um, especially when I was getting older and, you know, kind of running out of steam almost, but like still kind of playing sports. You know, I started picking up hockey a lot more. 
Um, and I think that also very much helped me. And, you know, I am not ashamed to admit that in the past and even currently I have had trouble with mental health. And I definitely think, and I, I'm sure you would agree, that playing sports helped me a lot with that. You know, I feel like it kind of gave me an outlet for that. Um, yeah, I guess. I, I'm not sure I ever connected the dots in the way you're suggesting today. But like I said, I think youth sports is beneficial for all sorts of reasons. Um, you know, and, and I do think it helps both, you know, mental and, you know, emotional and physical um, health also. So uh, I am a big proponent for and and it, look, I mean, there are plenty of kids who are just not into sports and that's fine. Right. I mean, they have other, you know, interests and hobbies and things like that. Um, you know, some kids are whatever into art or into, you know, whatever it might be. And that's perfectly OK. But um, for kids who are into sports, I think it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sports definitely very much impact in my life. And, you know, <laughs> Kenny and I were always kind of at each other's throats when we were little. And, oh, I mean, Kenny was such an incompetent babysitter that we had to get Anna to come over, and she was only a year older than he was. Wow. So, <laughs> wait a minute. So, let, so it, it, so Kenny, he would, um, Kenny had lots of interests, right? He was into all sorts of different things, and he you had fun and so on, but when he would get bored, it was one of his favorite activities to sort of instigate with you. It still is. <laughs> um, so, you know, when, when he had nothing better to do, he would try to get a reaction from you, and that's how he would entertain himself. And it worked every time. <laughs> and it still works almost every time. He's just so good at it. He's just so good at well, it. Well, I think a lot of siblings out there are probably nodding their heads. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, especially I feel like it's just the, the older brother dynamic thing. Older brothers are always uh, beating up on their little sister. <laughs> I, I get, you know what it is? I, well, so first of all, I don't know because I had an older sister, not right. an older brother. Um, so I, I don't know for sure. But um, some of it is also the you know, the, the, the mentality, and I think this is true in virtually every household across the world, where, you know, I can pick on my sibling, but you better not. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I remember, actually, there was a very specific instance at camp. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but there was this girl at camp that I used to write you guys letters, like, every single day saying, I hate it here, come pick me up, I want to go home. Well, you were really little at the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and this girl just made my summer a living hell. And I remember on Fridays for Shabbat, um, you know, the boys and girls camp were connected, but they were separate. Um, but so, like, if you had, like, a cousin or a sibling or something like that, on the girls' side, the boys would come over. Right, it was like visiting day. Yeah, kind of. Um, and also, I remember Kenny was forced to have uh, my birthday dinner with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, he got a free chocolate cake, and he cannot complain about that. Okay. Um, but I just remember this one specific time, because, you know, before services, we had time to kind of, like, play and stuff like that. And this girl was just being awful to me. And Kenny did something I had never, ever seen him do. He actually stood up for me. And I could not believe that. I was like, is this, is this Kenny Greenstein? Yeah. Are we sure that this is my brother? Well, you know what? <laughs> you have to give him credit. There, there are actually other occasions that, um, that he has stood up for you that perhaps you 
don't even really register. So my recollection is, so for those of you who don't know, Rachel had a very, very severe concussion when she was in high school. I've had a and, lot of bad concussions. You no, know, but you had one in particular that was yeah, really Yeah, I, I was out of school for, I think, like two weeks or something like that. And it sit, probably should have been longer. Sitting in the dark for two weeks. Well, it's, it, so you got to the point, you didn't remember my name. Yeah. You couldn't remember your address. Yeah. You, like, it was bad. It was a good thing I was with my friend who had mom's number in her phone because I couldn't unlock my phone. I remember that. Yeah, it, it, it was bad. And so um, when you finally went back to school, you struggled a bit in the beginning. A bit. I remember I had to go home early because I just could not. I also, I remember Kenny had to help me to my classes. Well, that's right. And so, <laughs> that, so Kenny helped you to his classes, to your classes, excuse me. And what ended up happening was, you know, kids being kids thought that, hey, wouldn't it be funny to like sort of prank you because you didn't know what the hell was going on anyway. So it would be fun to sort of exploit that. My recollection is, though, that Kenny and his friends. So Kenny is three years older. So Rachel must have been a freshman. Yeah, I was a freshman. He was a senior. Right. So he was a senior. So. Kenny and his friends were, I guess, the big boys on campus, whatever. I just remember walking around, everyone would be like, Kenny! I'm like, how does everyone know him? He doesn't socialize with people. Yeah, he was Ferris Bueller. Everybody knew <laughs> everyone him. Everyone knew him. Everyone loved him. Uh, but so, my recollection is, though, that when someone started giving you a hard time, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one of Kenny's friends would show up and, and be like, excuse me, is there a problem here? And Am I right? Yeah, I mean, I vaguely remember. Obviously, you know, I don't really remember a lot of that because my brain is more sloshed than brain. Yes. I'm surprised it's not oozing out of my ears at this point. I've had so many concussions, but that one in particular was definitely the worst one I've ever had. That was a really bad concussion. I mean, to the point where my um, global studies teacher, Mr. Fitzgerald, I mean, he was the coach for, I think, like the football team and the baseball team. The man has seen a lot of bad concussions. And I just remember him saying, when I walked into his classroom and didn't know where I sat, he was terrified. He was terrified. And I actually, (laughs) I remember getting like a 43 on his midterm. (laughs) I absolutely bombed that midterm, which was crazy because I normally got like 90s in his class. And he just didn't even count it. Great man, great man. And then I remember when the whole eyebrow thing happened my senior year, and I had to get stitches and everything and got kicked in the face. I, I just, <laughs> it was in hall duty one day, and this guy walks over and goes, she plays hockey, how cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest softy on the planet. The man's like 6'4". <laughs> yeah, he was, he, he was a great teacher. Um, so, uh, Mr. Fitzgerald, hopefully you're listening. Um, you made a huge impact on my daughter's life, so thank you. Yes, yes, you did. I mean, that man taught me the wonders of color coding. And as someone whose uh, brain does not work well or correctly, you know, especially with my ADD mind, I have trouble differentiating my notes. And to this day, I still color code my notes, all because of Mr. Fitzgerald. So thank you, Mr. Fitzgerald. Thank you. You should let him know. I will. I will. I definitely will. But, so moving into a more present time, were you ever surprised to see me go on the path that I'm on now? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, so, Kenny, I would say, 
followed a career path, at least, if that's what you mean. Yeah, that is what I mean. Um, that I am much more familiar with. And so I then was able to sort of understand, you know, and, and assist him, you know, through, you know, he's now, what, four years out of college. So, like, I, I always knew he was going to be much more, I don't want to say traditional, but it was something that I was more familiar with. Right. And I always knew that you wouldn't be. Um, and I didn't necessarily know the direction it would take, but I always knew it would be something that I was less familiar with. And therefore, as a parent, like, because I was less familiar, I also recognized that I would likely have a harder time helping you. Um, and, you know, so be it, right? You succeed or fail on your own at some point in time. You're an adult. Right. But <laughs> nevertheless, you know, as a parent, you want to, you know, you want your kids to thrive, right? So you do the best you can to put them into position to thrive. And, uh, I, you know, you sort of hit a crossroads where I didn't, I still don't know what to do, what I can do that would possibly help you. Um, just because it's, it's not my area, right? So, right. Um, so I don't know if that really answers your question, but, um, but I, I always knew it was going to be something that, that was foreign to me, and therefore um, my ability to sort of, you know, do whatever I could to help you succeed was going to be quite limited. Right. And your mother, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was surprising to anyone that I would go into a field that's a little more creative but that's true right uh i think i i, I mean I, I wonder if you agree with this but as i got later into high school and closer to college i think that there wasn't really a question of what i was going to be doing with my life i mean i remember at one point i was like forensic science is so cool i want to do that um but i'm just that's not, I mean, I I, math is not my thing. <laughs> I, I, I disagree with that, by the way. I, I know you do. But. I, I think so. I, I think that you really sell yourself short. I think that, um, let's just say your high school path was... Uh, Non-traditional. <laughs> yes, let's put it that way. And I think that because of that, I think you got set back in terms of math and science. Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> And I, I think I think you have really strong capabilities there, but I don't think you ever learned how to utilize them properly. Yeah, I uh, mean another shout out to a Syosset High School teacher, Mr. Basham, went above and beyond. That man really just went so far to help me. I mean, the fact that he showed up to extra help at six a.m. every single day was insane to me. You had some you had some teachers that really were I really did. I really did. And I also think that Mr. Bostrom too also helped me, you know, cuz he was a big hockey fan. Mm -hmm. and that was something that we always talked about and you know, he wanted to see me succeed so badly that you know, he was always like, "Yeah, you'll be on the NHL network one day." And I was just part of me was just like, "Okay, I could be on the NHL network one day." And I think that, like, once I got to that point, like, senior year of high school, I think that, you know, it was less of a question of what I was going to be doing and more of a question of how I was going to be doing it. Well, so it's interesting because I, you always had more of an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, so I distinctly recall 
when you were in high school and you were sitting on the couch watching the hockey playoffs and you had this like I don't know that pad thing. Oh yeah, like the tablet. So yeah. Not so, like an iPad, but it was like a drawing tablet. Right. And it was like it was connected to your laptop somehow, right? So it yeah. was like that thing that connected to your laptop, you were able to draw on it and it translated whatever you were drawing onto the computer, mm -hmm. right? And you came up with all these designs and slogans and whatever for to put them on t-shirts for during the hockey playoffs and then you found that website which would sell them on consignment and you know it wasn't huge money but you know my recollection is you got the check for like a hundred bucks or whatever it was actually closer to like 300 okay which is crazy because i only got like four dollars on every t-shirt that i sold so you, you sat there like <laughs> the playoffs were your inspiration the hockey playoffs were your inspiration and they inspired you to come up with all these creative ideas for t-shirts and people bought them i know i could not believe and that you, and you monetized <laughs> that you turned it into an income stream so you know you look at that and you say you know, you have more of an entrepreneurial spirit from that perspective to be able to sort of take your passion in a creative way turn and monetize it and turn it into, you know, a way to make a living out of it. Yeah, fingers crossed that's what happens with this. <laughs> 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 and maybe getting Bucci Gross on would help that. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I'm very proud of you. Uh, I'm always proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> but um, the reality is that you've been doing this podcast now for a couple of months and you've had a great array of guests and you know you don't have a producer right you're doing this all on your own and you're getting you know you're getting interesting and engaging people i think to come on your podcast and you know hear their perspectives and i think that's you know that's great i think john butchagross would be a wonderful guest if you can get him on your podcast but i think you've had great guests already yeah, I got it. <laughs> when I post my picture with uh, my second Bucci Overtime Challenge shirt, because I am just too good at that. It's in the other room now, isn't it? Yeah, it's in there. Oh, it's there. Um, yeah, it's my second one. He actually told me that he couldn't keep choosing me because I kept winning it. <laughs> and he also told me I should be an analyst on the NHL Network. And I was like, my guy, that is what I'm trying to do. Well, maybe he can give you some <laughs> career tips so you get a more conventional uh, yeah, right? yeah, well, paying I'm, job. I'm planning on, uh, when yeah. I post that picture with that shirt, writing, uh, just based on how many times I've won this, write me a recommendation. <laughs> well, we, we got to get you off the payroll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and fingers on, crossed. On to somebody else's payroll. <laughs> yeah, right, fingers crossed. I do have an interview coming up tomorrow, so fingers crossed for that one. But... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a tough world. <laughs> it's a tough world to be in. I mean, we went to the um, game three of the Islanders' bolts on Thursday, which was so much fun, even though I got drinks poured on my head. Um, I, I didn't realize. So <laughs> there, was, there was a person who had clearly had too much beer to drink. Before Puck even dropped. Before the first <laughs> period, he was, he, they were clearly, I assume they were tailgating or something, and this guy yeah. was blitzed out of his mind before the game even started. Trying to fight a girl who was barely over five no, feet tall. No, he didn't try to fight he was like He was like egging me on and stuff like that. He tried to like let's, verbally fight me. Let's not blow this out of proportion. <laughs> Verbal but fight. There were definitely a couple of moments 
where there was some excitement. He jumped up and beer sort of sloshed over and it got on you, right? Yeah. Now, I didn't know until after the game that you told me you thought that the last time that it happened that he did it intentionally. Oh, I saw him do it. I but saw you, him you didn't say anything tip his drink and pour it onto my head versus the guy who was sitting next to him who accidentally did it and felt so bad about it, he, like, apologized for, like, right. five minutes straight. Because for everybody who's ever been to a crowded game and someone has a beer and things get excited, you jump up, whatever, sometimes that happens. Yeah. Right? Like it's it, not on purpose. Yeah. But it, I didn't realize that guy was doing it on purpose. Yeah, that was, that was uh, problematic. But I did show up with a sign that said, hire me. <laughs> you know, there was a guy who did take my picture with that. Yeah, we'll see if it ever gets published anywhere. And if it know. does, maybe I'll be getting some emails. <laughs> I don't know. But this seems like a good stopping point. This went on for a lot longer than I actually thought it was going to. Oh, how long have we been on for? 41 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, way to go, Dad. <laughs> right, this was a good interview. Thank you so much for joining me. It's my me. pleasure, sweetie. It was a lovely, lovely chat to have yeah. with you. And this episode will be coming out in a few days. It's okay, happy Father's hours. Day, everyone. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, Dad. Hi, everyone.